0: We'll like
1: With another episode of the Blackmail Podcast with my guy, my brother
0: Trey this is who I am. Here you
1: go with the bullshit, still stealing my Monica. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is episode. What is it? Episode what? Thirty? Was it thirty-eight? 39?
0: Nah, Thirty-nine? Nah, nah. You playing games? It's Forty, man. Cut oh, it out. Cut it out.
1: You yeah, in the forties already? Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, Get your life much. right. Get your I, life right. I, I do too much. I got too many podcasts to worry about on this network. So then, got nobody ask you all hours, that. Nobody you know, asked you all that. They ain't
0: gonna do it right <laughs> yeah. now. Come on, let's go. But Get yo, we right got
1: now. a we got a guest. Y'all know on our Tuesday episodes, every now and again we try to bring in a guest, but the guest has to be meaningful. They got to bring substance to what we currently do and what we talk mm-hmm. about. And today's guest is no is nothing different. We have Chris White. How are you doing, my brother?
2: I'm good, my brother. I appreciate you guys having me on here, man, for this first time. Hey, I'm connected now, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. national now.
1: Oh no, you tapped <laughs> in now, you definitely tapped in. So question, man, just give everybody yeah, yeah. a, um, you know, just a little background about you, man. Um, Just, you know, quick synopsis of who is Chris White?
2: Uh, hey, I'm Chris White from uh, the Cuts University podcast, where we teach something, we learn something, where we all win. Um, I have a background in mental health, mental and behavioral health, uh specialize in addiction and recovery. I specialize in wellness recovery action planning, um, grief counseling, addiction counseling across the board, uh, board certified therapist. Um, what else? Uh, without trying to go crazy. Uh, I'm here to make a, a difference and be as impactful as I possibly can. You know, uh, We live in a, a society right now now where a lot of things are just open and freely uh, taken advantage of on a daily. And most of the people that are taken advantage of are the ones that are that are most underserved. And in that community where we need mental help the most, we don't receive it. So I came in with an objective to be for our people, people that look like me, people that look like Trey, people that look like you in uh, that brown and in, in, included. And so when you look at these populations where you have people who are not getting the necessary help, you have what they want to call controlled chaos. And that control chaos is just medicate them. Yeah. That medication turns into an addiction. Yep. That addiction yeah, turns well, into more problems. So we all have, I'm a firm believer that we all have addictions. We all have disabilities. Some you can see, wow. some believe that the addiction has to be from an illicit point of view but it doesn't. Right. Sugar, salt, and caffeine are the most addictive things on the planet.
3: Yep. Yep, facts.
2: Facts. But looks cocaine doesn't. looks just like all three of those, right?
3: Yes, it does.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. And that's the cocaine sad part, is man. out
2: of your system in 7 3 out, uh 72 hours. Oh, it is. Sugar is out of your system in 3 to 6 weeks.
1: Oh shit. I didn't even know that fact. I did not okay, okay. but yo, that makes sense, man. I think um, black and brown people, man, we're so unders- underserved, <laughs> and in this world where we were, where we didn't just go out and find addiction, especially during the crack e- epidemic and everything like that, that was brought to us. And I'm thinking we all at an age where we remember those days. You know, what I mean, I'm from Detroit, right. Michigan. I'm born in the '80s. I've seen crack sweep through my city. And even when I moved down south, watch it still kind of bubble in a town where you go to a small town, you know damn well they know nothing about this, but it was here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in that small town in South Carolina as well. <clears throat> but as you can see right now, we have the what they call now the opioid ep- epidemic. Where they're oh, finding yeah. help for people, that's not us. You know what I mean right we got it doesn't look like us right it's mass incarceration for us go to jail if you if you sold drugs took drugs, you go to jail. It wasn't let's figure out how we fix fix that, and it fucked up the family structure in my in my book, but for them it's <laughs> oh they it find a way to fix them so they don't so their family structure is constantly intact
2: you know you brought up a great point I work for uh I'm a consultant for a company that's one of the largest in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh won't mention their name, but for every client that walks through the door, for every person that I put into this treatment program, that client is worth three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Now that's based around commercial insurance, right? Yep. How many people have commercial insurance? Um the tune of being able to pay out almost 300 grand in need when you're in need of services as such as this no not very many many, my wife works for the government incredible insurance i have friends who work for railroad companies incredible insurance but the average person is either on gold card which is medicaid or medicare if you're older or if you're in the military you can get the necessary help but most people just walking around, average every day, it's hard to afford insurance. Yep. So, prime example, I have a, I have a, I have a gentleman that I work with, and daughter's a straight A student. She's going to an Ivy League university. The last week of high school, she decides at her job with her friend to smoke synthetic uh, marijuana. Now, the thing about synthetic marijuana, you don't know. That K2, that spice, whatever you want to call it, you don't know what's in it. Nope. So what it did, it blew her mind. It blew her mind to the point where she had a psychotic episode. First thing they had to do was take her to uh, – She she was she, she's considered um, an admit at a psych unit against her will because she's a danger to the public and herself. Well, when she comes out of the psych unit <clears> – <throat> Now she needs to go into a treatment program. That treatment program is going to run you base $24,000 to $60,000 just to get in it for 30 days. For 30 days. Now, the way treatment works is this. It's three phases. It's detox, there's residential treatment, and then there's a step down, which is sober living, which is considered uh, post-care or after-care. And, there, and combined with that, you have IOP. IOP is intensive outpatient programming. Mm-hmm. Now, the IOP is set up so that now I can do this with Trey virtually. Now I can do this with T.S. virtually. You don't have to be in my presence. But sometimes that doesn't work for people. You need more intensive where you have to be in front of someone on a daily and be held accountable for every aspect of your actions. Right. And most people cannot afford those services. I mean, look. I do private sessions. I have a private practice called the Lunchpad Collective, and my sessions are three hundred and twenty dollars an hour. Well, for fifty minutes, three twenty. Mm. Now I'll work out some payment plans with you. I'll put you on a sliding scale, but that's not all of the time. So where we also need the help the most, sometimes that care is going to be so expensive you can't really afford it. And a lot you of say, insurance well, Chris, companies
1: are not going to pick that up either. A lot right. of them it, gonna it, deny it. My wife works in insurance, and she watched denials oh. happen all the time. And she like, all these the time. People can, these people really need it, but she was like, they're not gonna pay it out. And she knows they're not gonna pay it out. But she submits it anyway to watch it deny. And she's like, look at that mental health service. And I hate to say what she did was look at the, the color of each person. And yeah. watch the denials happen. And she's like, look at this shit. Every yeah. time. And I'm like,
2: that's a lot of our life. They, they, they rather give you, they rather medicate you. Let me put it to you like this. So you spoke about the opioid crisis, right? Right. <clears throat> the opioid crisis came about because housewives, mm-hmm. middle America housewives needed something to stay stimulated and be able to be good housewives and stay at home and make the house a home. Right. And so they used to take what they used to call back in the 60s, pep pills. But well, they found out these pep pills, which was meth, a form of meth, could be used for truck drivers. Now, the truck drivers take the pep pills and they stay up all day. They right. could drive all day. They right. could work more, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when the wives started taking the pep pills and mixing it with alcohol, that combination created this euphoria. It didn't just make you hyper enough, but the, the right blend, you're doing it with alcohol or martini or whatever you're using. Next thing you know, you feel like you're in La La Land. You feel great. Then going into the seventies, you see the spike in these type of pills. So now you're seeing um, Oxy, you're seeing Xanax, you're seeing uh, Benzos, you're seeing things coming out and you're saying, whoa, wait a minute. This can make more money if we supply it like this. Right which is crazy because the companies that have made trillions of dollars off the opioid industry are now in the treatment industry. Hmm. So they've created their own ecosystem. I have a client for life, just like medicine, just like today's medicine. No one cures anything anymore. No, you treat it and you treat it and you continue to treat it. One thing I noticed is that, uh, Trey always posts, uh, things about, um, uh, mental health, and um, health and nutrition. Right. And I look at it and I say, man, what is the damn deal with this moss?" That's what first got my attention with him. I was like, this dude's swole as hell. He looked like somebody I played ball with. And then he, he would always ball. show it.
3: His- he
0: can't play a liquor ball. <laughs> Yo, no, don't, don't, like listen. <laughs> Yo don't, listen, don't listen to this. You hear him laughing immediately, right? He can't even hold himself right, to Right, right. He can't, he can't even bad, lie my straight. Bad, my bad. my <laughs> bad. When it come to him, no. a
1: little hate every now and again. He know I love him. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all family, man. <laughs> no, go out.
2: Go no doubt. So, you know, uh, he will post things about health and nutrition. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you got a screenshot what he posts. And then zoom in on it to see what it actually says because it's so small. Right. And I said, you know what? Let me check. I said, I don't know about no damn Seymours, but uh, let me see what else he's got over here. But everything that he was saying is exactly what what I used to call who I used to call one of my big brothers when I was in college. The same thing. Diet, 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 diet creates everything. Yep. And I knew that, but when you're younger, you're already running, and your your metabolism is so high. No matter what you eat, you're burning it off, right? Yep, I agree. I, I don't know if any of y'all have kids, but now I have two I have two teenagers and bruh. I'm looking at my son, he looks exactly how I look at 16, 17, 18, and I'm like, okay. Right. I'm looking at my daughter, she looks just my, like my wife. My wife used to run track for Iowa, went to the Olympics. She looks like she runs track. And I say, okay, damn, man, I'm getting this dad bod over here. I gotta, I gotta start flexing because my son, this little young lion is Starting to press. Oh yeah. Oh I know. He, he, he thinks he wants to lead, and I'm like, there's a lot more to it.
1: Uh, look, I, he said, this, well, if you, I have if two you... young lions, and I definitely understand. Because of yeah, Trey is yeah. why I'm getting myself back in shape. I'm I play ball overseas, I play ball in college, and I started you know, I broke my leg and I started developing a dad body. So because of him, <laughs> yeah. Do you want titties, ninja? <laughs> like, and, Word. And, and, yeah, but see, and but see, what you, um, <laughs> what you um,
0: what you, what you, what you, being in therapy, mm-hmm. I mean, interests me on a lot of levels, even deeper than the fact that I want to enter that realm. Um, I was at, at my worst. I was uh, 360 pounds when I was an alcoholic, right? And um, any situations I would go through. When did you realize you were an alcoholic, though? The realization, just having that level of accountability, looking in the mirror. My eyes were puffy. Um, was aggravated all the time. I was dealing with women I had no business dealing with, and the only thing that calmed me down was sex and alcohol. That was my medicine. So that was my therapy. life was okay. my life. My life was medicinal. My whole entire life was medicinal. You know what I mean? So, been tired of myself. Sleep apnea. I had a severe case of sleep apnea, and um. I was told I had to lose 60 pounds in order to survive comfortably, right? So I'm like, 60 pounds? Man, fuck you, man. lose no goddamn 60 pounds. It's just unrealistic, right? Ended up losing 100, but that's another thing. But everyone wanted to medicate me, and I wasn't down with that shit. I was like, I'm not taking no medicine. You gonna gonna put me on something that's just gonna make me a vegetable. You know what I mean? Then I'm gonna be dependent on that, thinking I need that just to be calm. And all I need to do- but, Did they say you were pre-diabetic? No, they told me I was manic, medic depression, and potentially violent. Was what I was told. Okay, that's what I was told. I, was, I heard the pre-diabetic I was, thing I was hit before, with pre-diabetic but they tell, yeah. And
1: I cut, I cut immediately. They put, they gave me medicine. I didn't take it. I just, I cut everything. I cut everything sugar related. I don't, I don't eat nothing sugar based at all. I cut everything sugar related. Lost weight immediately once I started cutting. And then he's the one that got me on c Moss. Um, Tomcat, Ali, a bunch of different stuff that I also did the same thing. I researched, even though this is my man showing me everything and I'm looking at his body, but you know, our bodies react different to things. So I researched and did- But I I dove
0: out there cold turkey though. I don't suggest people to do how I did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I I got rid of the alcohol. I started hitting the gym. I started hitting spin classes. Once I got comfortable, I hit the weight training. I was Seymour's heavy. I stopped eating meat, plant-based. You know what I mean? I detoxed myself actually from everyone for about two years, everyone. Mm. Cause nothing around me was solid because everyone watched me be this person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then I started to see things clearer cause my mind was clearer. I was like, wait a minute, this been going on all of these years. So didn't mean these people were bad people but they were bad people for me. Word. You know what I'm saying? And those two years of detox weren't easy. You got days where you're by yourself, where you may cry. You got days by yourself where you may feel alone. But when those days are over, you become the person that you were meant to be. Fact. You know what I'm saying? And I know I have a story to tell. I know I have things to help other people, and that's that's my goal. That's my desire. With everything, with music, from the podcast, with my writings, from whatever. But that's me. These are things that I enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Like I enjoy waterfalls, I enjoy parks, I enjoy things of that nature, that's what I enjoy. But in my right. past, I found myself in the clubs, I found myself around random women, I found myself always around alcohol, I found myself around drugs, even though I didn't partake. That's what I was I was always around. Now I'm not knocking anyone's lifestyle, but that isn't the lifestyle for Trey. where right. So I had to go through all that process <laughs> to realize what was good for me. So I don't knock it, but the alcohol was that that escapism that so many people keep within their life. Yes. That so many people don't even think that's what they're doing. They think, well, I'm a social drinker. Well, damn, you social every day? You drink every day. Three or four times But you say you a social drinker. But you a social drinker. Ain't that much social in the world. Facts. You know what I'm saying? We become obese and we say, well, I'm a little fat, but I ain't as fat as him.
2: (laughs) Right, exactly. I
0: I ain't as fat as her. I drink a little bit, but I don't drink as much as them. You know what I mean? And when we deal with infidelity and the random women and the promiscuity, you know what I mean? I get a little ass, but I don't get as much ass as him. I ain't that bad. <laughs> Pastor Johnson I, I like getting way more ass than you me. Know me. Jones, you know, know, what I'm
2: getting
0: I'm, get, I'm getting a little ass, but I I ain't that bad. Yeah, like I ain't like Pastor Johnson. He he, he tearing the whole congregation up. I want to get a little bit. Right. It's like we pacify ourselves, we pacify our friends. You're- um and T. S and I, we try to hold ourselves accountable, man. And I seen him grow as a man, I see him grow as a father. I've seen him grow as a husband. And you know, my growth is on other levels because I was all over the fucking place. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you're around people that enable you. Indeed. Because a lot of times people don't really want to see you succeed. Even when I first wanted to get into psychology, I had family members telling me, well, you know what happens when you get into psychology, you become as crazy as the people you treat. And I'm thinking first of all, you can't call these people crazy. right? <laughs> And, and second that's of all, that's second of all, not because you are, i want, yeah, i want you to, t- I want you to touch on that. But second of all, I had to get the realization of I'm different from mostly anybody I've ever encountered, which isn't a fault of theirs or of mine. It's just my surroundings weren't where they need to be. You know, now I got people around me that will probably forever be family. Oh yeah, it's a smaller knit group, mm-hmm. but it's solid. I mean, you've been going back and forth for two years. We never even fucking met. Right. It's right. really the first time we face to face on this virtual shit. Hey, but that's the power. That's the power of the universe. But yeah. in order to accept that power of the universe, you have to be accepting of it.
2: Okay. Indeed, and most people try to close themselves off, and they say that they're good. And you know, like I say, my I objective.
0: I did that. I did that. I my did objective
2: that. is to always to make everyone inclusive, and mental health is one of those aspects. So. Someone asked me the other day, and I and I was talking to them, they didn't know I was a therapist. I said, have you ever sought out help? And the first thing they said was, man, I'm not crazy. I don't need <laughs> yeah. a therapist. And I had to ask them, I say, do you think a crazy person
1: would know work.
0: that they need therapy?
1: I used to think like What's that. I used to think like that. I did. When I was younger, I thought- well, we're, well, we're
0: conditioned. We're conditioned to believe that. Because, right.
1: but yeah, because in our community, you don't, you go to, you, you you're you not, you're not taught to go seek help in, in a therapist you're taught to go to Jesus. And and right. I keep it a buck, I'm not a fan of that neither.
0: Right, you know what I mean? That's
1: not my total, you know what I mean? I, I don't I'm I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. You know, I'm very spiritual, but um so I I was taught that. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of time mentally Every, everybody's taught yeah.
2: the same basically so you, the same.
1: And that's sad, bro. I was it was points in my life where I was going through a lot of mental Issues, you know what I'm saying? Mental, where I had to, I, I had to figure it out for the most part myself, you know, where right. I had to go on moments of finding myself. My addiction was different. I wasn't addicted to alcohol or nothing. I'm, I'm the, I'm the wackest drinker in the world. I, I will front like a motherfucker, but I don't be drinking nothing. People would think I'm lit. It's only a few times in my life where I just really got tossed. And that was, you know, college. And when I got married, me and my wife just went all out, and we haven't done that since. And we've been married now for nine years. Um, we got a lot
2: in common, right there. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? like
1: my my issue was, I'm used to being the man. I'm used to the notoriety, the pats on the back, the everyone around me. That was my. Addic- I was addicted to always being that man, being the man. Oh, great, great point. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, Great point. And that's we, gonna bad, get, we gonna That's a that. bad. That's a bad because you don't listen to the people around you. That's telling you, nah, fam. I had a whole lot of money and didn't realize everyone was around me because what I can provide for them. You know, what yeah. I mean? at that time, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm the, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm in Florida. I'm, I'm Porsches. I'm in the elaborate places. You know, women all over me constantly. I you know, I play ball. I do my do my one two and it was like addictive then when all that shit stopped yeah i didn't know who i was that person i was seeing wasn't wasn't conducive with how I, how i thought i was supposed to be and it was funny because that's when i found my true self like i almost mm. killed myself wow you know what i'm saying I almost committed suicide not knowing like what the fuck is going on where i literally Now it's like, oh, my true self, I'm starting to really find my true self and who I really am now at 41, you know what I'm saying? It took some time, but I think my my latter years from, to be honest, man, when I met my wife till now is when I really found myself. Cause my ex-wife wasn't shit, she was just the same shit that just kept feeding that, that need that I felt like I needed, you know what I'm saying? She was only around for that and when that shit was gone, she was out. You know that I mean?
2: that that that's interesting because I wonder if you were to go back and just have a conversation with your ex-wife uh-huh. and just ask her some specific questions about you and your relationship. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's real. But I got all Did, did you get some yeah. brutal, honest answers? Oh yeah, hell yeah,
1: hell yeah,
3: hell oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> was it enlightening? Oh, it helped me out a lot. She was a piece of shit. Her damn self and we were just feeding each other piece of shit needs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like, that's all. We was literally feeding our, each other that piece of shit need that we needed. Her daddy issues and everything that she had and me with my own personal issues and wanting to be like my pops. My pops was the man. So I was like, oh, I gotta be the man. I uphold yeah. that. And I miss a lot of his teachings from afar. You know what I mean? That's why now I go through Ramadan. Like, right now is Ramadan, I'm fasting. I get up before sun, sunrise, I, I eat. I fast. I don't eat nothing the rest of the day. Sunset, I get back. I pray a couple times a day. I'm not Muslim, but I follow that teaching based on him, because mm. that was the time when he found himself in enlightenment. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I'm just, you know, he's no longer here, but it was for me to continue feeling close to him. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm finding, right. y'all I'm, I'm finding myself more and more every day as a man. Even now, man. Yesterday was a hard day. You know what I'm saying? Yesterday was a hard day, it's the second day of fast. It mm. was a hard day, you know what I'm saying? And I'm moving no, around, I gotta go talk to people, I'm at a church helping them out with some stuff, you know what I mean? Because I do a lot of tech and business stuff, so I'm helping them out, then I'm over here and I'm doing this, and then I also got my nephews at the house, I got a house full of boys, and, and I'm on the grill, I can't eat, but I'm on the grill chefing. I'm hungry as I don't know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm getting mad at things I see, and I'm realizing it ain't them. Let me fall yeah. back for a minute. But that's yeah. but yo, it's crazy. Um, when you
0: said um, <clears throat> when you said um, taking things from your father and, right. and and you know put them in your lifestyle It's funny because, like, I grew up in an environment like my parents been married sixty five years, right? And um, you know my father was the provider, of this that or whatever, man. So you grow up within that environment, and like anything less than that, you know you feel like you are a failure. Right. Not having a family, you can go to family reunions. You are not married yet? Who me? No. How no, you no, and your wife, you saying, know what I'm saying? When you go to oh, family. okay, family. when
2: you go to, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I got married young, had my son young, and like, you know, I was a fucking failure as a fucking husband. I was a fucking failure.
2: I was well, fucking that, That's probably because of a lot of the drinking and everything that you was doing at that time. Contributing Yeah, but to- you, have,
0: you have the pressures, like my father was a pastor for 30 years. Like by the time we left New York, he was a pastor. You have the pressures of living up to those things. And you're not that person. And it's like everything that's about you, Everybody thinks is retarded. Like I write, I read. People look at oh. that like you're gonna write a book. He does that, right? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> you want to be, you want to, you want to be a therapist? Why like, you want to be a therapist? Like, yeah. Are you gonna have insurance? Everybody for yeah. everything I'm good at, everybody oh, yeah. has something to say. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. now I'm at a point where I don't care. You know, it's never too late or whatever. But man, she has to about it all the time. When you want to do things, people always have an issue with because they don't understand it. Because they were, they came up in a way where you get a job, yep. you get insurance, yep. you retire. That's yep. it. Yeah. That's for it. the
1: government. I used to work for the government. You
0: don't and I quit. You don't take vacations with your wife. You don't bring your kids on vacation, but maybe once a year. You don't you don't really enjoy life at all.
2: No, no. Right. You become a robot. You for
0: the your, yeah. You don't use your brain for nothing. You just work for somebody. You have insurance, you come home, you eat dinner, you have breakfast, you go to church on Sunday, you pray about your problems, then the rest of the week you have no idea what the hell you got going on. Because my whole thing is, and i stayed in trouble in church, because I'm like, okay, we just said a prayer. What are we going to do next? I need a job. I need to go back to school. I need to figure out why I can't get financial aid, because I got these charges. I got to get something popping. So, you're going to pray for me, but when I leave, I'm fucked up out here.
2: I got to deal with reality.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's That's my biggest thing with it. With anything, it's like with therapy, at least you're talking about things, you're finding solutions, you're finding ways you can put things into action. You know what I'm saying? But our community is not therapy. And like you said, they want you to pray on things. But the problem is, our communities, we have nothing to do after the prayer. We have no idea. Most of our families are fucked up. There's no action plan. And with black people, we don't want to give information to nobody because we always feel like somebody's going to take something from us. We'll sit here and watch niggas fail and laugh at people's failures because we got ours. I got mine. I got mine. And it's too much of that going on. We can say all day where it's not as bad as it used to be. It shouldn't even fucking exist. (laughs) It shouldn't exist. Like we are our own worst enemies. First of all, it's hard enough to get out of your own way.
2: (laughs) And not have any (laughs)
0: guidance
2: or mentoring. Someone, yeah. someone mentioned this last night, and they said, you know, it's like that crab in the bucket theory. And I said, uh, well, really, what's, what you really should focus on is why is there a bucket in the first place? Right. Yeah, so exactly. So that like root, a, why are you in
0: the bucket? That the root first? cause analysis. That root and, cause and analysis. i always day.
1: said that. I was like, yo, anytime somebody said crab in a bucket or crab in a barrel, I'm like, why is the barrel there? Why yeah. are we free to make who put the barrel there? Right. Exactly. why
2: what purpose does it serve it serves a purpose for someone right you just might be a part of it and unwillingly unknowingly are a part of this situation exactly. so you touched on a number of things well both of you guys touched on a number of things we come we all now we're from three different parts of the world
1: right facts
2: <clears throat> we all have had trauma in our lives at some point or another right. whether it's verbal physical or emotional trauma right right What we don't do as men, especially as black men, we don't allow ourselves to get the emotional support or create the emotional support systems that we truly need. Now, oh, you know, I grew up at a time where everybody you had to have that that hardness. You had to be real. You couldn't show vulnerability. Couldn't show. We couldn't be the happy-go-lucky guy, and that was the kid that I was because that person gets victimized. Yep. I grew up in fifth ward and you smiling and you loving life. And I was a highly intelligent kid, you know, and they, when I was in school, they used to try to get kids that were, that exceeded in academics and they graduate, they'd skip you from second to third grade all the way up to the sixth grade. Mm. Now imagine you go from the second to third grade to now you with the sixth graders. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, a that's what they call magnet programs mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Now they call them, um, I can't. Remember. I, I know, I know what exactly they're. what you're talking about. Though. Yeah. So, and I'm like, nah, it, it just didn't feel right. I could do it. It wasn't a problem. I, when I found out that I was in the second grade, I'm reading on a collegiate level and they didn't believe it. So they have you tested. Yep. It's like, no, nah, this kid is not supposed, he's the one that's not supposed to be here. Yep. But I grew up in a household where um, brute force was the order of the day. So everyone that my mother was involved with, um, from my brother's fathers, my sister's father, they were all physically abusive. So domestic violence was in the home. So that changed something in me, and I didn't know it then, but that changed something in me that said, when I get older, I'm going to get bigger, I'm going to get stronger, and no one's ever going to hurt me or my mother again. Yep. So what happens? I got this mindset, I'm going to be big and strong. So if I didn't have an outlet, something was going to happen. Some one of my um local mentors put me in a Pop Warner uh Pee Wee League football uh organization. Mm-hmm. And all of that pain and anguish, all of that frustration that I wanted to take out on someone that was bigger than me, I couldn't. But over here, hey. I could. Mm-hmm. So that taught me to exert my authority over some impose my will on someone else. Now, this is the this is where the flip side comes in because If you're good at what you do, you get accolades. I get accolades for being more brutal, being uh, more punishing, and inflicting pain on other people. Oh, you get that pat on the back. You get that pat on the butt. You get that trophy. You get a ring. The next thing you know, it's like, okay, that led into middle school. That led into high school. High school lets you know the barometer because now you have colleges coming in to see how brutal you can be. Yep. how smart you are, what your acumen uh, is on this field playing football. Well, I was good enough to be all district, all city, all state, everything. Top 100 players out of Texas. Like, okay, now I'm getting recruited because I can be, I can impose my will on more people than right. you can imagine. And I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. Now you buy into that concept of, Hey man, I could do what I want to who I want, when I want. So, What you were saying, you walk around, you you you're addicted to being the man. Yep. That narcissism, that level of narcissism, puts you where you only focus on you. And I'm like, man, when you hit a college campus and you the man, I don't care if you're a freshman or not. That swag, that that demeanor is going to go with you, right? Mm
3: -hmm. Yep.
2: Access to women, just like that. Whatever you want, two, three, four. Hey, go to my room. I'm in three thirty-seven. Go up there. I'll be there in a minute. Yep. You become addicted to that that presence, that lifestyle, right? And it's nothing, that's just common. That's your everyday norm. And so, what I try to teach guys who, I have four players uh, that are, I have three players now that are still active in the NFL. I have one person that's retired in transition. And now he's at a major crossroads because he's trying to figure out who he is now. Yep. Because you've been defined so many times by your vocation. Oh, that's TS, oh, he'll ball Yep. Or the CS, he got the money. Yep. The CS, he, he doing his thing. That's Corey. He he does this. And you're defined by that. And you kind of pigeonhole yourself into that box. And you say, you know what? That is who I am. Until you step out of that, like you said, Trey, you detox yourself from everyone. And over a period of two years, you were able to become self-inclusive and find out who you really were. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you found out who you really were, you're like, you know what? I don't need all of that. That's a that that's a distraction, that's a deflection, and that's not what I need. I need people that are gonna pour into me like I feel I want to pour into yep. them. Yep. And so what men, especially especially black men as brothers, I've worked really hard to stigmatize that notion of coming to get help. I have an emotional support group that I do here in my facility. Um, it's right now it's once a week, and I have about 30 guys. It's going to end up being two days a week because with the groups getting bigger and people uh, feeling comfortable enough to come in and share and makes them make themselves vulnerable and they feel like they're in a safe, nurturing environment, they tell friends. And that's what you need, bro. That's what yeah. you need because when you can't,
1: as as men, you know, our women say, oh, you could confide in us. You could tell you. No. Right, I can't. Right, no, I just it's no, just nah, as, as much as nah, I can. Not even, to, not I even can. close, bro. Nah, not, not even close, bro. Because you're not gonna, you're, you're gonna say something in response to what I'm telling you, and that's just gonna piss me off. Yeah. And you don't mean it. You don't mean it. It's your natural reaction to something that you don't physically understand or you think is minute it ain't minute to me if
2: that's exactly because if you're with. talking about it yeah right. so if I'm in a position right. where I could I'm talking about it right guess what don't minimize don't what I'm minimize saying nope. you have to acknowledge what I'm saying first of all
0: yep to understand the, you know biggest what issue, is it- the biggest issue the biggest issue on the biggest issue I see is it's not a lot of men that open up like that so when you do open up to a female it's like foreign so they're looking at you like you a whole sucker because you're feeling emotions and the world makes us feel like, that. That this is why, in my, in my mind, not a definitive reason, this is this how you get a lot of people to the point of where they just wanna give up. And I say this to my son and I say this to almost anybody I care about, you never know when or how you will get triggered. Right. You hold this stuff in so long, when you get triggered, that reaction is fatal so many times and could have been prevented or minimized if people could just have an outlet to talk things out.
3: Right. You
0: know what I'm saying? Or somebody just to have empathy where you can express yourself. Me and T.S. sometimes yeah. be on the phone and I can tell them I might be on a ledge but my day was just trash. Right. And he might call me on some goofy shit. And, okay, I'm back to being me. Yeah. Or he might say, man, you need to finish that book. All the time. I might be laying in the bed doing nothing. He don't know it. Man. need to finish that book, then I'm gonna get up and be like, "Oh shit, boom." You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, I went all my, my life my without any of that.
1: Yeah, I believe in checking on my friends. Any of that? That's kind of so. Then when, on on to, then when you
0: get to, then when you get, yeah, he does, he does a great job of doing. get back to the woman. Then when you get to your woman, and you tell her what's really on your mind, she's looking at you like, "You simpin." That's it. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You a man, like you a man, you know what you gotta do. Oh, Fuck
2: I'm up. telling her for. Oh, suck it up. Yeah. That 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 see, that's that gaslighting. Yeah, shit right suck too. it up. <laughs>
1: I yeah. heard that from even, my mother. Even, man. I used to hear that from my mother all the time. Suck it up. Deal with it.
0: And then if you talk to if you talk to a Christian person, but then if you talk to a Christian, all they want to do right. is pray for you. Right. You know what I mean? I, I had a thing with my father. I'm gonna say I'm not say I'm not saying this is not my father, man. My father's a dope individual. Yes, man, my father. My father's great. But Anytime you come talk to him, it's always either I've been praying for you or I'm going to pray for you or he'll bring up coming to church on Sunday, right? Right. Which is a whole nother conversation. Now, I had to tell my father one time, when I come to talk to you, I'm not coming to a pastor. You know, I know it might be hard for you to turn one off and turn another one on, but sometimes I just need to talk to my father. But I realized that for a person that's always been in the church like all their life, it's complicated for them to separate the two because they've always been taught to just turn to prayer and that's it. But the difference, and I told my mother this yesterday, she probably didn't catch it. My mother's 86. I'll be talking to her sometimes. She looks at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> what are you talking about, boy? But their generation, that's dead, that's dead ass. Did I realize right, right, right. Oh, I love you, Mom? You know, whatever. Yeah, let me get yeah. some let me, let, me, let me get some of them greens. <laughs> but, right. but when you grow up with 10, 12 siblings. They didn't even realize it. They were helping each other grow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had two older brothers, so I'm by myself. I didn't have siblings to depend on to grow, to, to learn certain things. They didn't. Even, I said they didn't even realize it. they. Almost all of them back then had 10, 12 siblings. So you grow, you develop, you nurture, you enlighten each other throughout the process of growing up. But when you grow up by yourself and you're in New York City, you got the drugs, you got the alcohol, you got the women. You got Street. hooping and all that stuff too, yeah. but then, then when the crack hit, you got money. Yeah. Now you got new clothes, now you got more women, you got a different class of women. Mm-hmm. Whole another class of women. And you young. They're doing things to you that like, whoa, they're not doing this in my school. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? How do you even embrace all of that? Everybody else is just telling you to pray and go to church. That's all they're telling you. That's, what That's right. it.
2: The funny thing about not, what you're They're saying. not talking
0: to you about life, nothing. Nah.
2: Because everybody's enjoying the moment. Everybody's living in that moment. And they don't so, want to hear none of that. How can, that how can I be down.
0: protected in this world? Yeah. Yo, the streets is a war. How can I be protected out here at war when all you told me to do was pray this one day a week? I got six other days. And I'm by myself out there. I mean, I got to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? As a child, I dealt with so much racism and different interactions with racist shit, man. And, but you go to church and they tell you, it doesn't matter what color God is. It doesn't matter what color Jesus is. You got this white Jesus and they're telling you, we pray to one God and we're all one. But there's a 100,000 different religions. There's two million different ways to pray. But I go out in this world, these white people wanna kill me because of the color of my skin. Right. And I'm a child.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You, you have over 5,000 religions, right? And I've studied like 13. So, it, it, for somebody like me, I'm curious. I got questions out to ask. So, what uh, you brought in a great subject matter. I had a meeting the other day with thirty ministers, and we did a podcast, right? And they never saw this. They never heard about doing the podcast. I said it's no different than you doing your sermon in the on the Sunday. So, I introduced them to this podcast world, and they just lost their mind. And I said, you know what? I have a lot of your parishioners, your congregation, that come to see me. I said, I have a number of pastors that come to me for counseling. I said, so in order to make y'all feel better, what I created, I've created a uh, mental health ministries. Now I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a religious zealot or anything like that, but I'm a spiritual person, similar to what TS said. You know what I'm saying? I have a great relationship with God. I might not believe in what you believe in over here, but my relationship and my conversations with God is daily, sometimes multiple times a day. Right? So I don't really need a book to govern my life and tell me where I need to go and how I need to do it. It's just something innately in me that says, hey, man, you know what? Trey probably don't want no problem with me. I don't want no problem with Trey. TS don't want no problem with me. I don't want no problem with TS. Guess what? You know what? If we become cool, we could build something together. But some people go at it and they look at it like, well, I don't know that dude. I don't know that cat. They do their thing. I do my thing. Let that them stay been over been there. Well. You That's know what I'm saying? Been our and, and so sure. now you you have yourself you are ostracizing yourself. Yeah, and it's terrible. So now imagine how that applies to your personal life. Now you've got this lady that you've married, this woman you married. You really probably don't even know her. Some people get married like six months off the rip, and I'm like, you better get to know the person that you're involving yourself with, and they need to get to know you because. What you said earlier, Trey, like, don't don't tell your woman. I tell gentlemen, I tell men all the time, hey, do not go to your woman with your problems. Your woman wants you to be her best friend. You will never be your woman's best friend, ever. And they're like, well, Chris, that's, that's kind of messed up, man. That's kind of fucked up. That's my woman. I love her. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And I say, okay, listen, I'm going to tell you just like this. <clears throat> You're going to take your deeper, most innermost secrets and fears And you're going to express them to this person. And they're going to start to look at you with a skewed point of view. Every time. And you don't think that it will, but trust me, whatever that respect level was, if it was on on 100, it's slowly going down to 80% because they're seeing you at your most vulnerable state. They want to feel protected. They want to feel led. They want to feel provided for. And that doesn't look like it. So now there's conflict. You thinking that you're being uh, expressive and sharing, and they're looking at you like you're highly emotional. That's what women do. That's what they're saying. That's what women do. Girl, he over Trey over here crying, girl. He, yeah, oh, no. he, uh, somebody broke in his again, car, yeah. he over here crying again. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> yep. He, he called his boy <laughs> TS <S. and TS, TS consoling them, you know, like we do with each other. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That shit ain't nothing like what y'all do. Nothing. What nothing. I'm doing is I'm supporting my brother because I know that gorilla inside of him wants to go tear somebody's fucking head off. Yep. See, we've learned the art of suppression and repression. Suppressing, I realized I I have a superpower, dog. I have a superpower. Right. Because at at all times, I'm a fucking silverback gorilla. Yep. But I'm a professional. That superpower is called restraint. Talk about it. Restraint stops me from doing exactly what my first mind is telling me to do because I'm known for that. It's telling me, hey, you know what? 10 seconds. i give you
1: passing that, grace. Yeah. i give you passing grace, let me chill. That,
2: that five second <laughs> incident with somebody I don't know can alter my life forever. Mm-hmm. I worked in the prison system. I was a psychiatric specialist for the state. You don't ever want to graduate. I don't know if anybody's ever been to prison before. Jail is not prison. But prison is a, hey, hey bruh, you graduate to level, you. level, the person you're going to have to become to survive, bro. you from New York, Trey, Rikers is a jail. It's not a prison, but it operates and functions like, like a, a prison. prison. Yeah, Rikers. It's a yeah, Rikers, city unto it's Rikers itself. Is yeah. yeah, Rikers is different. Like, hey, look, bro. you ain't sending yeah. me like, Chris, would you do uh, uh, a year for $10 million? Man, I ain't doing an hour. You ain't putting me nowhere, ever. Cause I already know the psychological games that are about to be played. They' gonna play with you in a number of ways. You' are gonna be
0: in a situation where you're doing more time. But Trey, like I was saying, on
1: that? you want to touch on that? Trent?
0: Oh, oh, well, I mean, yeah, we talking about it. Um, I did security for the Muslims when I did a short bit. You know what I'm saying? That was that was my mm. way of surviving. You know what <laughs> I mean? People saw something in me, and uh, they basically appointed me to do it, man. Cause. I don't know why. Maybe I look like niggas ain't want to fuck with me, I guess, I don't know. But right. How about I, I learned training? a lot, man. Right now, I'm 6'1", 275. All right, all right. You look, man, I, yeah. I thought you was about 6'4". Okay. Man, he looks nah. as hell,
3: man. Little ass, man. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, 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 yo,
0: listen. Uh, before I finish, he's 6'6", six, six, and he always wants to talk about Oh, shit. Sure. Like, See,
2: now I'm looking at TS, I would've thought TS was like, 6'1"?
0: Nah. <laughs> nah, I'm 6'1", I'm, I'm he's 6'6". Six, six. You
1: got a short I've, 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 I've yeah. torso. I've learned the art of showing, acting like I'm small. You know what I'm saying? So even yeah. in camera, I don't have a short torso. Actually, I have a <laughs> long. But in the camera, I suppress, because I don't want, you know, I'll, Trey be trade yeah, the yeah. feelings sometimes when he see me, You got them little arms, he be like, yo, I hate you, so, you know what I mean? Like, you
3: know, to make my guy feel good.
2: Yeah, but um,
0: use enforcer. Okay, my point when you when you when you when you behind those walls, man, the the level of aggression that all of these black men have for no reason, really. I mean, it's it, it 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 has a reason. I shouldn't say no reason. I'm talking about the triggers. The triggers can be so light, but they're holding in so much. And to be there with these men, that's like talking to me like I got it all together. Like, you got men that have never had anyone to talk to ever. Their first reaction is to fight, to get a gun, just do something violent because they got to let this aggression off. And they've always been that way. And then when they come home, there's nothing for them. The hardest thing in the world, and I spoke to T.S. about it, man. You know, I went back and got my degree, but it's like, oh no, I want to get my master's into at therapy, like we're saying, but it's like, you will always have to answer for your worst day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the traumas you have when you're in prison, they're going to follow you the rest of your life because now you have something new. You have to answer to that day forever. You know what Uh I mean? You're talking about decades ago when that happened with me, but I still have to answer to that day. And you have to convince this person that you're different. And you don't even remember that person. Like, I don't remember that person. You know what I mean? I know of it, but I don't remember that person. I'm not that person. If you knew me back then, it's like you don't know me because that's not what I am. And you always have to answer to that. And these people sometimes can't even handle that because there's no rehabilitation.
2: Nah, nah.
0: Bro, (laughs) just to pause what Trey is talking
2: about, I I opened up a school called the Skill Academy, Structured Community Involvement Learning. And it dealt with people who had uh, disabilities and handicaps, right? And it also catered to people that were coming out of the prison industrial complex. And I said, because, well, they they wanted to know why I tried to classify uh, ex-felons as those with handicaps and disabilities. I say because when you come out of, pr- out of the prison, you are dealing with handicaps and disabilities. Mm. You're suffering from anxiety, yeah. physical trauma, mental trauma, uh, what, psychological trauma. You're dealing with a number of issues. Now you're trying to, you gotta go see this PO, and the first thing he's telling you to do is get a job. Well, I'm still trying to deal with the fact that I don't have a place to stay. So I don't yeah. have housing. Yeah. Now you're yeah. telling me I gotta get a job. Now I gotta try to figure out okay, who's going to hire me? I got a jacket. And they, that's the first thing they're going to pull up. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like today where they can't ask you if you have a felony or if you... That's what I call living inside the box. That box will hinder you from a lot of things and you, put you in a position where you... they can't ask you resp- that? They
1: can't ask you that? Right, like in Texas no, now, they, they can't ask Texas you that. Out here? Yeah, we, not, it. we ain't
2: in Texas, bro.
1: Out here? We not in Texas, a bro. big ass box. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, bro, <laughs> look, check been- it out.
2: In Texas, and if you've been uh, off probation for seven years, you can have you can petition to have your record expunged. Let
1: me tell you. Uh, yeah, but this does a, that, right that cover felonies state.
0: also though? Yeah, it, it, it does. Well, Texas, North Carolina's Texas. at will state, bro. Yeah. They can fire you because they feel well, te- like you can't do well, nothing. Well, Texas is an
2: at will state, but see, most of the times now they won't
0: even ask you those questions. Wow, that's They dope. won't be on the paperwork. That's nah, dope. and I'm like, nah, nah that that's dope. it's on the paperwork. On the paperwork, it's in the interview. You could be working six months and they bring you to the HR like, hey, right. bro, you man, didn't, you didn't. We, we just found this down. information. Right? Nah, even if you put it down, sometimes the background <laughs> check don't come back till six months later. Because sometimes if they really like you, I've had it happen. You know what I'm saying? I've had management positions where I'm good. I've worked for a bank before where my bank card didn't work. I couldn't get in the building. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times they don't check you before they hire you. If they really like you, they just assume that your shit is clean. So they bring you in the door. This is how their mind is. They judge you by looking at you. You don't look like a person that did this woo-woo. I'm like, did what? I'm a regular person. You don't know what situation it was. A lot of people are in there and just were in the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, they did a couple little things, but a lot of drug charges aren't what they appear to be when you read what it says. Trust me, I understand. Facts. A drug charge could be just you got an apartment and your roommate has some drugs. Exactly. But you- You know what I'm saying? So, but on that piece of paper, you could be having a charge that faces 20 years and what you did was like nothing. You'd be like, what? 20 years for that? (laughs) North Carolina was like notorious for giving crazy big numbers in the 90s. Yeah.
2: Wow.
1: And that's why a lot of people and are it was getting like, off now. That's the yeah. sad
2: part well,
0: about it. Yeah, it's, the, okay, it's, it's a paperwork thing.
2: Okay. You see this go new ahead, law look. that it just passed, right? Uh, I, I don't know if this is a joke, but supposedly the law was passed yesterday that makes uh, – they they're decriminalizing marijuana. Yeah,
1: it hasn't fully passed yet. It's going – Yeah, it still has to, down, to go to the Senate. They're criminalizing it. I saw they, that. they even making it where if you Vrit- sell it – you good now? You don't. Have, you don't. You not yeah. get caught up now. Yeah. But guess who's gonna lose out?
2: We gonna lose out a- across the board. We that shit. We always lose out because we go to these people with the fact that I'll give you my vote. Yep. All of these other factions go to those people with a check for thirty million dollars collectively, Facts. twenty million dollars. Why do you think you see um, these laws being passed for? transgender movements or mm-hmm. the gay the gay movement. Yep. Well, they're not going with hat in hand and a vote. Nope. They're going with 30, 40, 50 million dollar collectivized like checks that Asian, and saying like that Asian we need this to passed. happen.
1: Yep, like that Asian bill that passed how from discrimination, that Asian discrimination bill, it passed, it went up and passed immediately. immediately. And everybody black kept saying, why did that pass? We've been, I said, because we ain't coming to the table with no chicken. We ain't coming to the table with no chicken and and no idea. We don't have no organization. We don't work together. We We don't believe in the NAACP no more.
2: Nah, we don't believe we coming with of the that pastors nah, nah, or the ministers nah. who speak nah. for us, we or the athletes. Exactly. Nah. nah, they ain't, ain't speaking
1: for us. It's funny what you're talking about. I had. am just back being and forth. honest. No, you're right. I had a big back and forth with local chapter NAACP um, head because I applied for the NAACP. I applied to work. Just try to tell you, I'm a devil's advocate type of guy. I I kind of like fucking with people a little bit, especially on the mental side of things. I applied, right? So I had a board conversation they had a meeting and i walked in there we had a conversation and they asked my point of view on a bunch of different subjects and i'm rebuttal every fucking point of view cuz i don't believe in none of that shit that they follow and that's when i realized the NAACP is corrupt and especially local <laughs> It's corrupt. It's bad. It's not. It doesn't work in our favor at all. And I told them that in the meeting. I said, "All but of these It's guys not, it's, it's are not corrupt,
2: TS. That's the way it was designed. designed. You right. You can't facts. corrupt something that was designed was right. like that.
1: Facts. I wish I still no, had definitely. the fact button, no, man. We got to get this facts button fixed, <laughs> man. But no, nah, that's right. It's it's designed that way. And I sat there and I gave them the business. And now they don't, they don't, fuck with me. they see me, now
0: hey, hey, you, like, oh, you're shit. too aggressive, <laughs> right? Yeah, we can't let good. you back in the <laughs> <building. Yo>, middle. <man. laughs> a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of that stuff to me, man, is orchestrated submissiveness, man. That's yeah. all it is, man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All they're yeah. doing is create, creating puppets, man. We're a bunch of damn muppets for all these organizations, yeah, yeah. they ain't trying to uplift nothing. No, nope. nah, nah, that, it's no they want, incentive they want to keep you control. Yeah, what's the I incentive? Mean, yeah.
2: it, people keep saying that, uh, man, they gonna have to give us reparations. Okay, so, so, okay. Hold your breath for that. God. Hold yeah, your I breath. I've seen them. give oh, you see
1: what California Ernie. said? California said for reparations, they are giving reparations, but you got to prove that you are a descendant of a slave. The fuck uh. you gonna prove that? How can you exactly. prove that? How can we? You don't even that? know
0: your last name. Hey man, they very they very strategic though. <laughs> Where well, you get the documentation from?
2: <laughs> we we gonna, we gonna we gonna give you this, but in in order for you to receive it, you have to show me that you're related to Trey. You should have to show me that you're related to TS yep. because that means that the bloodlines, have you done a 23 in me the fuck out of here? 23. Hey, Come on, man. <laughs> the, it, 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 it gets to the point where it will make you feel like you don't have all your faculties because in your mind, you're saying this is common sense. It should be common sense for everyone. And they'll look at you mm-hmm. with a straight face and it'll be a blank straight face and say, well, Christopher, uh, I don't seem to understand. What the hell do you mean you don't understand? It's kind of like when I was saying, do not share and divulge a lot of personal information to your spouse or to your partner, right? because they're gonna look at you and treat you differently. It's, it's like what I, I I had to use this the other day. I said, man, right now, I'm dealing with a lot of clients that have uh, the Kevin Samuels syndrome.
3: <laughs>
2: the The husbands are saying, you know what? I agree with him. And the wives are like, he's trash. All he does is belittle women. And I said, mm, this is going to be interesting because I've watched a number of episodes from KS. I, some things I said, you know, you have a point. I get where you're going with it. Right. I understand you're building a platform. Right. And at the same time, I'm like, dude, if I ever heard you talk to my daughter Slept like the, that, if I heard up. you talk to my sister or my mother, <laughs> it wouldn't be no Will Smith shit. No. And, 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 and I'm trying to suppress these natural inclinations to go gorilla because now, now you're being disrespectful. It ain't, you know, it's a certain tone and attack, you know, as professional brothers that you're going to take with one another. You're not going to, I'm not going to walk up the tray and just like, hey man, you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, fit in my, uh, high powered men's category. Right. Like, who said I want it to fit in your damn category?
0: Word. Oh, yeah, the high the, the, yeah, value. Yeah, 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's
2: like, really, bro. I I get where you. I understand what you're doing. Right. And, but it's like the reverse of the Derek Jackson stuff. I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to. Yeah. Throw other people's names oh, no, in, we, your, in your we, cast, we, but no, it's like it's like we
1: killed them names. No, nah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. And we both we both watch. We have avid watchers <laughs> of. I'm not Derek Jackson. Um, but we'll watch some of Kevin Samuels, and like you said, some things he say are poignant points, and a lot of things he says is some bullshit. It's like, yeah. and we don't, we don't follow that metric, especially in the way that you handle women in conversation.
2: But there's a good sector of brothers out here who are solely living like this now. Oh yeah. Based on what he says, and I'm like, okay, great. This is gonna keep me in business for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> because now, with couples, it's $400 a couple. Now you're having these issues. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna work with you. How Definitely. many hours would you like to book today? Two? Great. Yeah.
1: $1,000 Tuesday. get that. Tuesday. Let get that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. So, and I'm making fun of it, so don't think, Trey, that I'm on, it's only about the money. But what you're gonna find is that when you start to get into this, your time is gonna be precious. It's gonna be so valuable. And when people know that this is the lane that you're in now, Man, they're gonna come and try to feed off that energy. I'm an energy person. So I'm fueled up by what you guys have going on. I hear the the clips and the synopsis of your podcast, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have jumped in on that. That's <laughs> I would go right in right there. <laughs> and I hear these things and I'm like, oh, that gives me fuel. I, I got a trademark that's called Sharks Don't Sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing about sharks is a drop, one drop of blood in the water, they come in come to man. eat. Yep.
3: Instantly.
2: And sharks really don't sleep. They are Dormant, but that's not a sleeping mode because that drop of blood will awaken, awaken any shark in that vicinity right. within two miles. In two miles, I can smell blood. Different. You're a perpetual hunter. Yep. That's like life in business. You're always on your grind. You're always working towards your next meal. You eat what you kill. Fact. And if you don't put that in the system, you're not. You're not running. So you got to put yourself in a situation where it's something all Tell the me, time.
1: When Trey dropped that book. And he once again, like he spoke of it earlier.
2: Like-
0: Trey, when your book coming up? Um, it'll it'll be after the summer because in the summer I'm putting out. Um, I got my EP. We got a short documentary, yep. and I got a book of fifty poems yeah. that um is going to be revolved around something similar to my EP. My EP is called "Love Makes a Difference," and my poetry book is going to be fifty poems based on a long distance relationship and the thought process that goes through a man's mind some romantic, mm. some dealing with isolation, some dealing with overcoming addiction. So it's gonna be 50 poems revolved around that. And the book is gonna be a separate entity within itself. So it's gonna be like a dot box. You know, I'm gonna have some kind of merch within that. Like yeah. I said, it's gonna be EP, documentary, yeah. the poetry book, and I got a comic book too. It's an anti-bullying comic book. I have like 10 limited edition copies I'm gonna have within 10 limited edition dot boxes that we're gonna start with as far as- what you call it, dot effect. box? Yep. Yep, yeah, came TS came up with that. TS came up with that. Yeah, love
2: it. Hey man, we are gonna have to really collaborate on some things because when you <laughs> so, see what the stuff that I can do, you gonna be like, what the hell? What oh, the yeah. Well, I'm, I'm
0: I'm I'm at I'm at am at a point now where I just want to be for the rest of my existence, man. I'm just gonna be creative, just do yeah. creative things. Yeah. yeah. And whoever, whatever creative things people bring, like I got a hip hop soul project I'm doing with my man Elias Soul also that I might even have within the Dot Box. It's just some different stuff emerging. You know me, at MC, and this guy being. It's full. And it's I'm not saying it because I'm doing it. It's actually real dope for, for it, the grown it. person that still loves, for the grown person that still loves music. I mean, it's some laid back driving your car shit, smoke a cigar and chill. It's, 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 it's going to be dope, bro. I'm, I'm, i very rarely get excited, but I'm excited at the projects I got really coming off. A lot of the stuff really is thanks to TS man. Cause sometimes you got a beautiful car, you just don't have no gas in it. You know what I'm saying? Burn. You know, TS. And I push. TS been my guy for a minute. I will be you pushing I mean?
1: he's he talented. My thing is, I've worked in music for years. I've worked for multiple labels. I've worked in many different forms, and I still work with artists currently. So when I see him and I see how dope he is, and I hear people saying, "Oh, you, you can't, you can't be a rapper after a certain age," I disagree because <laughs> his talented his talent showcases that he can be. It's just. Sometimes you just need that extra idea, that extra push, yeah. someone to be behind you, and and because if it was whack, I would tell him, I ain't feeling that shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. he hasn't done anything whack. I, my only thing is, and I tell him all the time, bro, we just we got to push the envelope. We got to meet yeah. people where they are. Our a our his age demographic, my age demographic, for the most part, we're not digitally. If we they want to still touch, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. buy vinyl. Yeah. I buy vinyl. I buy different shit. I'm still, even though I'm a digital head, I'm a digital head, like don't get me twisted, I'm a tech junkie. But I'm still, when it comes to my music, the way I consume, I listen to full projects. I, listen, I like yeah. to touch, I like to buy merch. I buy artist merch all the time. <laughs> I'ma go copy a hoodie. I'ma go buy, I just bought an artist book, a female artist, I bought a book and went to her listening event. You know what I'm saying? And just oh, bought her book. So the same thing applies to him, bro. Let's put yeah. something tangible together for people to put in their hand, exactly. so when they get it. Like the documentary <laughs> I shot, his doc is gonna be. It's just gonna be about him recording his process and then his conversation based on the process. Like I gotta sit down with him again soon, and I've been meaning to say some Trey, because you've done more since the last time we've sat down and I recorded you talking about the project. So even that, him with Elijah's Soul, like him doing something with that, with that, um, that brother, dope. It's a Go makes it doesn't it, everything he's doing makes sense and for me it gotta make sense if it don't make sense we I don't believe in doing nothing that doesn't make sense. What Facts. he's doing makes sense and it fits him and his brand. Once again, pushing the book, pushing the podcast, yeah. pushing these certain things because him being creative, you see the best dot, you see the best trade dot. You know, what I'm saying him being creative when he's like, "Yo, hey man, I'm I don't work sixty seven hours this week." I'm like, man, once I get you, once we get you over here, those 67 hours is gonna flow because it's gonna be all in a creative space. You know what I'm saying? That's real. Just for me and you him. talk like that, uh-huh. for
2: me and you talk like that, bro, I would think that y'all been partners for like 20, 25 years. Nah. Real time. Nah, this is exactly yeah. how me and my best friend yeah. talk.
0: I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe in yeah. my brother's keeper.
1: I believe well, it in
0: happened. my brother's keeper, man. That's why. Honestly, man, like when I say I detox myself from the world for two years, yeah, I did that. Because um, in my mind, I was like, yo, if I detox myself from this energy that's not good for me, you know, the universe will put some stuff in front of me that'll get me to be the person I want to be or the person I'm destined to be, I would say. And I mean, for lack of a better word, it's work. You know what I'm saying? I have a a, a small team of people that I love and I know love me. And I still go through my bouts of feeling like I don't want to move. You know what I'm saying? But that that team of people keeps me going. You know, without knowing, they keep me going. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because, sure. you know, you get to a point to where you see people profiting off of things that you're great at and they fucking suck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I heard and that I, I, on I don't... The last podcast. And I'm like- Yeah, I said and really I, right? I, I meant it and I, I meant that shit. Y'all suck. Y'all ain't shit.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> what I hate more than
0: anything, I hate more, I hate, first of all, I hate MCs that are trash. Even if you're doing that rap mumble stuff, some of them are good. Oh, bro, I just hate I hate musicians that are trash, one. Another thing I hate, I told you, I hate therapists that aren't true to the craft because sometimes you have people's life in your hands. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are just doing it, doing it for a money grab. Yeah, it's lucrative. Yeah, it is. But you have a responsibility to touch people. Even with music, I always said, I'd rather touch one than confuse a million. I'm not here to play games with people. You know what I'm saying? I understand what it feels like <laughs> to feel alone in a crowded room. I understand what it feels like to feel like the walls are closing in and you're just stuck and can't move. I understand what it feels like to need medicine to move forward within life, whatever that medicinal thing is. I understand what addictive personality is because I still have it, but I use that to do positive things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for, for a therapist to play with those things, I, 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 I I'm I'm not cool with that. I really have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why when I found out he was a therapist, I'm like, God right, damn, talking to dude on a regular basis. And he's yeah. doing something that I aspire to do. Right, yeah. And plus, but yeah, I also talking. use that as yeah. the universe putting things to me. Yeah, right. We talked about bringing right, the therapist on. The We've had multiple therapists
1: hit us asking to be on our pod. And we vet, we vet everyone, and, you know what I mean? I know I'm a big vetter, you know what I mean? So right. I vet and when, when your life don't match up to what you spewing, a lot of times for it, me, I, I can't, I personally can't fuck with it. And I know if I can't fuck with it, my bro can't. Right. ain't going to fuck with it neither. He probably won't nah, fuck with nah. it more than I don't fuck with it. You know what I mean? Nah, you, you, nah,
2: know, nah. It, you know, sometimes that's where, you know, working with these companies, it creates an air of conflict. Oh, yeah. Because at one point, they're profit driven. Yes. And so you're only going to try to work with the people that can bring you the most profit, right? Yes. And they- You know, when I told them, I said, you know what? I already built up an incredible portfolio. That means I have resources. I have resources for people that are insured. I have resources for people that are uninsured, meaning that they're indigent. And when you're indigent, you don't have anything. You might not even have a place to stay, but you need help. Right. So I have to make it a point to have those resources in place. When you call me and you tell me you don't have anything, Mr. Chris, I need help. Oh, don't worry about it. I got you. Right. I know it. I know. The, the nonprofits, I know the for profits, I have the resources to put you anywhere that you need to be if you need the help. Right. If you want the help right now, I got you. Right. You just got to be willing. But one, sometimes they play with themselves because they're looking for the next high, yeah. looking for the next fix. Now, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the fact that they have something that's stronger than fentanyl on the street now, it's, 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 it's crazier. Yeah. I can imagine. Because now they're searching for that. And I'm like, this stuff will kill you. Instantly, these cats out here making Percocets, imitation Percocets that's cut with fentanyl. They're not chemists. Nope. One bad hit, one bad match, and you're dead.
1: I mean, shit. Even for them yeah. to even mix it, you touch like yeah. fentanyl's so bad. You touch it with your pure skin, you can instantly yeah. die. Like that shit. Exactly. Is not, you can not touch really it
2: with gloves on. Me. Yeah, and it'll go through the gloves. Yes, that's so. That's I, I, I travel with, with I travel with Narcan. You, you familiar with Narcan? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So. I travel with a couple of cases of Narcan because I'm going to come across someone in the next week or so that's going to need Narcan. Yep. Maybe two hits yep. to just try to bring them back. Right. And I'm like,
3: an OD, yep. Yeah.
2: yeah the now, OD. I, know, I knew, and I then knew you're someone trying to-
1: that, that we had to, been around me that was bad with drugs. And we tried our best to get them as much help as possible because um, I didn't believe in that. That's one thing I didn't believe in. I know we're not talking about it. One point I was a drug dealer, so I didn't, I, but if you was around me, I just, I didn't want to see no one strung out. But well, I had to keep Narcan on me because I knew I was gonna walk up on this person one day and they were gonna be in a state where they are gonna need it, and damn if it didn't happen. Bro. And, and that it's, shit was crazy to me. So.
2: It's it's the craziest thing, and and you know, I know we can probably get into the end of the show, but yeah. it's only two things that'll kill you right. if you stop cold turkey, and one is alcohol alcohol, and benzos. You stop either of those cold turkey, you will go into a seizure. That seizure will cause cardiac arrest. You will die. No ambulance, no ambulatory service will get to you fast enough in order to revive you. In this past, just since January, I think I've lost four clients who tried to go it alone and say, uh, I'm gonna stop drinking and I'm gonna go cold turkey. And I, against medical advice, they did it anyway. And the first thing they do is they call me. Mr. Chris, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. And I am keep drinking this water. I keep drinking this water. I say, your body is telling you it needs the alcohol because it's operated so long and it functions off of that. That's now your fuel. So I'm not telling you to go drink a handle or a fifth of anything, but you need that alcohol in your system right now. You have to be medically assisted to wean yourself off. Or if you're going to do it on your own, you can't stop cold turkey. Mm -hmm. You have to, over a period of two to three weeks, lessen the intake that you have of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Benzos, stop cold turkey. Everything else, every opioid that's out there, from um, Oxy to PERC, whatever, even the, the pain medication, all of it is pain medication. Right. It won't kill you, but it will make you feel like you're dying. That's the part you have to go through because sometimes when you go into a detox program, they'll just put you in a room. There's no medic- medicine that will help you detox without the pain. You're going to have to go through that pain like heroin withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It won't kill you, but you're going to feel like you're dying.
3: right?
2: And it's going to last anywhere from four to seven, sometimes 10 days. Shit. You're going to feel like crap, but you have to go through that pain. That pain is actually letting you know that you're still alive. And a lot of mm. people don't see it like that. I asked somebody uh, one time, and I'll ask you guys, uh-huh. Trey. What's What's the hardest part of
0: your day? The Hardest part of my day. Sometimes going to work, bro.
2: Going to work. Okay. Yep. TS, what's What's the hardest part of your day?
1: Um, shit, man. I've I've built my life right now to a point where I don't really have. I don't. I don't have any part hard days anymore, man. Um, at one point, I, I you know, same thing. It was. Probably going to this job that I didn't like. <laughs> that was probably the hardest part of my day. But I think right now the hardest part of my time is I travel a lot. So I hate to say it, man. I'm a family, family man. Leaving the crew, leaving my fam. You know what I mean? The wife gotcha. and the boys and my daughter. So that's other than that, bro. I'm gonna keep it a buck, bro. These past couple of years been, been pretty fucking smooth. <laughs> I got you. Well, check it. And we all we yourself? all have the
2: same we all have the same issue. What you say about yourself? Uh, what's the you your hardest part it? of your day, though? The hardest part of our day uh-huh. is waking up uh, I because you. we don't control it.
1: I got you. Hey, look at you. Some, some, that's some
0: shit Trey would do.
1: Some old, <laughs> some, old some old- Nah, we uh, gotta, I'm letting, I'm, letting,
0: I'm, letting, I'm letting him get the floor today. He gonna get I the floor. my shit. <laughs> hey, even <laughs> even listening to me cook
1: it. long enough. I gotta let him cook. That's some bullshit,
0: man. <laughs> nah, but think
2: about but it, you bro. Right. you right. we don't clock, control that. N- nothing outside of something higher than yourself wakes yeah. you up. Yeah, that's why I say when you when you said the spirituality and, right. and you know talking about you know Trey's father is a pastor, you know, and it's like you realizing that you know some people didn't wake up today. Yeah, now some people are fast. not in a position on that's this side fast. of the earth. You that's know what fast. I'm saying? That's right. So, man, man but you I, know I really Sometimes appreciate we get so
1: self indulged in our own selves, man. We for, we a lot of times we forget about that aspect of it because we we maneuvering in the world, you know, sometimes selfishly. You know what I mean? Where you don't think about uh, you may not think about the bigger picture or others. I know I've I I've I've programmed myself for these couple of years to if you're not within um as Trey would say, my half moon, I don't give a fuck what you do. You know what I'm saying? Because I was always trying to bring up and build people and help people and you know what I mean a lot of times that shit backfire. You know, what I mean, helping people or thinking about others as much when you don't think about yourself, or when they do something that you deem out of character, you realize out of character for who? Maybe out of character mm. for you. That might be their normal, normal positioning from the beginning. You just right, overlooked yeah, yeah. it because you built them up to be a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like this for my a lot of my friendships have been um one-sided. Well, I was always supplying. supplying that and didn't receive it, so now, I'm purposeful within my friendships. Yes, we act like we've been knowing each other since we was kids, you know, 20 plus years, because our friendship is purposeful. You know what I'm saying? I know I can dial him, and he's there He'll listen, if I have something going on, and vice versa. Our friendship is not one-sided, where every time I talk to him, is he's pouring his information yeah. into me, and I'm sitting here, as a retention wall, just hit, letting it hit me. You know what I'm saying? We 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 go into our friendship amicably. You know what I'm saying? And real, that's real. And a lot of times, it, a lot of people aren't that. You know what I mean? So that's that's true. why now all my friendships that I have within my half moon are purposeful. You know, and and Trey, I'm trying not to trademark that, but going,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do trademark it. that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, real talk. Hey, but real, real on on you know. To summarize what what you just said, it's just like with my best friend, Carlos Anthony. He's a photographer on Facebook. But our whole purpose for this year was to be intentional, deliberate, and unapologetic. Facts. And... If you're not operating like that, I really don't have time for what you got going on because it's trying to take my train, it's trying to derail my train that I already have on the tracks that's already going down the tracks. Facts. If I have to stop my train to to help you connect your caboose to it, it might not work. You need to be moving like I'm moving so that we can move together and we can be effective, we can be impactful and we can actually hit this game with a, like a sledgehammer.
1: Yeah, purposeful movements, man. I definitely yeah. agree. I definitely agree. Yo, um, question. Go ahead and let everybody know about the first of all the first book that you got on your desk. Let everybody please let it, you know, show that again because I'm recording this. This video will be up. Okay. All our guests, I put the videos up. So,
2: so the first book is called "It's All About Perspective." It's a book of positive quotes and affirmations by Christopher White. Uh, it it is some great things in here, and um, I designed it purposefully to make your eyes go where I need them to go. And so if you will see by some of the wording and the way it's strategically placed, blacks, grays, and whites, when you're doing a book this size, it could get expensive, you know? So if you use color, it's gonna, yeah, you're gonna spend some money. And not that it's an issue, but that means you gotta pass that on to the consumer. Consumer. So the first book is, uh, it's all about perspective. I have four books coming out. Uh, throughout this year. One is Sharks Don't Sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a GPS to success. Uh, One is called Addicted to More, which talks about addictions and whether you feel that you're addicted to anything in life or not and how we, it's just like in the game, ism, right? Mm -hmm. And if you ever been around that life, you know that ism usually comes from pimps talking about, I'm giving you some of this game, just that ism. But most people don't even know what ism is. Right. And that's that in search of more. Yep. That's the ism. So when I say addicted to more, that's what that is. Um, mm-hmm. The follow-up, the book that's going to come out first though, is uh, right now it's called Everything Men Wish Women Understood. Love it. That'll be out in the next two and a half weeks. I love it. Uh, so it's really insight to what the conversations that we're having with one another. Right and now I'm giving tips to women to listen to certain things when their men is trying when their man is trying to communicate with them because it's not usually the communication that's the issue. It's a lack of understanding right That's the issue because if you can't understand, you can't pick up what I'm putting down, I need to reiterate this so that you can flow with it and you understand why I'm saying this. I'm not just giving out you know uh, a faucet of false information. I'm feeling this way. you need to acknowledge that I'm feeling this way. And then you need to accept it. I like that. Now, like what that. you do with it and process, that's on you. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, like that. I
1: like it's that. Dope. Trey, you got anything else, my brother?
0: No, nah, I think it's a dope show. Dope show. Glad to hear my brother talk. You gotta, you gotta let him cook. People listen to me every week, man. they gonna listen to me <laughs> some more tonight.
3: <laughs> Yo.
1: Oh, man. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning to the Blackmail Podcast, man. Um, and we are gonna break down our live podcast, our live audio podcast that happened this past Sunday on our Friday episode. We wanted to make sure the Tuesday episode was dedicated to our guests. Um, I'd like to thank you again, Chris White, for you know tapping in with us and, and sitting down and politicking with us, man. So it was a great, Appreciate great episode. Appreciate you, brother. Um, yo, this was episode 40, once again, of the Blackmail Podcast. Once again, I'm tall on TS is who I am. Trey Dodd is who I am. And we out, man. We catch you all later. Peace. Wow. Peace. Yeah.